The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get The Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Megan. How are you? Oh, I'm feeling musically delightful today. Should we sing? No. (laughs) Not just now. No. Um, But we are talking about music appreciation as a family today, which I love this topic because I have to say that having a family that likes music or engages with music was kind of... um, like a mom fantasy of mine, but maybe the way it played out was a little different than the reality. And I just love talking about what it can look like when your kids are really little and then what it kind of evolves into when they get older. Yeah, I'm excited about this too. And I have to say, I have always kind of admired you, how you have continued your musical interests and I don't know, just like continued to be your own um, music appreciator as an adult. I think I went into motherhood and family life with a little bit more like compartmentalized thinking like, oh, okay, I sang in choir in high school. I listened to these bands in my 20s. Now I'm a mom. We'll go to mommy and me classes. And I just I just think you are someone who sees music appreciation in a really integrated kind of holistic way. And so I'm excited to talk about this with you. I think we're pretty different, but like we both love music. We do. And I think that that's also one of those things that can um, change and like fluctuate a lot because when just like I sort of stopped reading for a while when my kids were really little, there have definitely been times when I have not been as up on new music or at all up on new music um, where it's kind of faded in and out. Now I would say my kids keep me young in this way because they're the ones that keep listening to new stuff. Whereas I'm sort of in a stage where I'd probably just keep listening to the same three artists over and over for a while. Well, and new music is one thing, but even just like forgetting how much joy music can bring into a room or into a family or into a tradition. I don't know. I feel like even, even not even counting brand new music, I feel like some parts of early motherhood, especially kind of even make you forget how much you like music at all. Yes. I, I totally hear you. So we're going to talk a lot about just what that looks like in our houses, what it's looked like over the years. Um, and I guess, let's start just by talking about before our kids were here or maybe when our families were very young, did we have a fantasy about what our family's music culture might look like? I, I definitely did. I think I had really at the same time that I had the fantasy that I was going to be wearing like long, like flowing Laura Ashley dresses and skipping through fields of wildflowers. I really think that I saw myself as someone who would just love mommy and me music classes, or all of us would somehow become very accomplished. I don't know where I thought that was going to come from since I wasn't very accomplished at any instruments, but 
I thought we'd all be playing instruments. Like basically it would be sort of like the Von Trapps meet um, the Partridge family. Yeah. I was going to say some partridges yes. thrown in there. Traveling around in a van and play it, Like I really kind of had this idea in my mind. I love that. Um, I am not as fanciful, I guess. Or when I went, <laughs> yes. when I, I, I really tried to think hard of like, what did I, what was my fantasy of being a musical family? And I honestly probably didn't give it much thought at all, which is typical of me. But I will tell you what I went into parenthood um, valuing when it came to music. Like, I love that I am someone who can read music kind of decently well, not not perfectly, but I can understand a piece of sheet music. And I've always felt really proud of that. And it's so grateful that that ended up being a part of a skill that I, that I learned. Um, I loved song lyrics. And like, as a kid, I, I would write down song lyrics. I write quotes from songs in my journal. Um, I love that music and lyrics specifically can kind of add meaning to different phases of your life or like help you express an idea or connect you to other people. Um, so I, and I loved singing in a group. That was a huge part of my growing up. So I guess I went into family life sort of thinking those things were important without a specific fantasy or a specific set of goals attached to them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so since you had the Von Trapp meets Partridge family fantasy, how did that compare to how it played out as you had your kids? Well, I mean, are we surprised that I did not actually turn my progeny into traveling musicians? Like, <laughs> you know, tripping, tripping through the Swiss Alps or anything. No, I, um, it's not as romantic as I envisioned. I, I, first of all, I didn't really love the mommy and me classes. I really thought I would. And I found them frustrating and a little bit boring. Um, I still went through them for some, some of the kids just to kind of get us out of the house. And cause I thought it was good for them to have sort of that, uh, background or that foundation, but with others, I did not. Um, I will also say my kids have participated at all different levels in formal lessons in playing music in school. Um, so not all of them have taken lessons. Not all of them have played in the orchestra. Not all of them have learned an instrument. Like they've all been kind of all over the place. I really thought more of them would like to sing. I really thought I'd have like one choir kid. At least I've had mm -hmm. zero choir kids. I really think Clara has a gorgeous voice. Um, she would be a great choir kid. But in middle school, she did orchestra instead. It's really hard to do both. And now I feel like she's sort of averse to performance in a way. So um, that has been all over the place. But on the positive side, I will say all of my kids have a really deep love of music. And they have just all been able to express it their own ways. They've come to it differently. And they all engage with music differently now. Some of them are musicians. Some of them are musical, but don't really seriously play an instrument. and. All of them are big time appreciators of music. And because they all, I don't know, because they all did it so differently. I kind of know that that was, um, it was helped by the environment I created, but some, some of it was also self done. Like I didn't make that happen. Yeah. I, I think I just set the stage for it. How about you? Well, I'm, as you were talking, I was thinking there's so many different ways to love music just with the technology that we have. I'm thinking about how my kids, um, look at the lyrics on Spotify. Like you can yes. do that swipe up thing. That was me writing in my journal, like trying to listen, press pause and play and write yeah. down these deep quotes that I thought were so deep from song lyrics. 
So kids have a lot of different opportunities and different ways to um, dive into music or become obsessed with music in a way that was different for us. Something I didn't bring into my adulthood was a lot of experience being like a super fan of bands or certain artists. I didn't, I, I wasn't a music appreciator like that as a teen and young adult where like I had a favorite band. I had their posters. Um, I went to concerts, um, but Brian was, my husband was. And one of the things that I guess has been different from what I imagined is that my kids are more like that. Two of my three kids really are the, like, put a poster on your wall, become obsessed with this artist, like save up money to go to a concert or ask for concert tickets for their birthday. Um, and I love that. I love that because it's a little different from how I was as a music appreciator, but I think Brian really, Brian was that kid with Pearl Jam or I don't know who else like, but, um, that's been fun to see my kids discover artists that just, that they're just obsessed with. Cause that I wasn't really like that. You know, that's so funny that you say that because I also, um, was not like that in high school. I loved music, but I was sort of, I think we've talked about this. I was a little bit basic in my love of music and the bands that I was really into were (laughs) many of them were no longer together. I'm not gonna say they were no longer alive, although that could have also been true. Um, I got really into like old musical theater soundtracks from like the forties and fifties. So, you know, there was no way to become really obsessive about Yeah. Right. Um, but their dad was very into, he really loved, um, like the 10,000 maniacs and toad, the wet sprocket. Oh, yeah. I remember being a thing. Santa Barbara. And, oh, really? Uh-huh. Okay. Well, so then I kind of by proxy got into them too. And now that it's interesting to watch that play out with my kids, they have a couple of bands that are definitely smaller, like not bands that are, have like a huge national audience that my kids obsessively follow and have all gone to the concerts together and stuff like that, which I think is really neat. It just wasn't the way I yeah. did music as a teenager, but it's been a great bonding thing for them. Yeah. And it's even, it's been fun for me even to have some, we have a mix in my family of the kids liking stuff that's older or more obscure or less popular, but then we also like are into Taylor Swift a bit right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, like super into Olivia Rodrigo. So actually as someone who's never gravitated toward like the true like mega hip pop and rock stars. I don't hate it. I don't hate having yeah. that in my house as like a way to learn a little bit more about the music industry and I guess experience like what the the mainstream culture at large is experiencing. Turns out that's yeah. kind of fun too. It is, but I think that if you and I had had the chance to put a Julie Andrews poster like poster on our wall, or how about um <laughs> Shirley Jones? Wasn't yeah. that wasn't that who played Marion? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, in the movie. yeah, but the also in man. the Partridge family, right? Oh, yeah, ding, right. ding, ding. So, <laughs> yeah, that would have been us. <laughs> wow. Sarah, when we were growing up, learning about music probably looked like going to someone's house for piano lessons or learning to play an instrument in a school orchestra or band, right? Yep, those were pretty much our only options. But today, children's music education does not always have to be left up to classroom teachers or private instructors. There are great online resources right at our kids' fingertips. And our newest sponsor, Carnegie Hall Kids, is an excellent example. I'm so excited about this. While our listeners probably know the name Carnegie Hall for their music performances, they may not have realized that Carnegie's website has a ton of educational materials for kids and families. We're talking about quizzes, games, videos, and more. And the best part is, it's all free. 
Yeah, this is such a cool website. And I think a lot of kids would have a blast checking out Carnegie Hall Kids Animal or Instrument Quiz. I actually took it today, Megan, and I got nine out of 10. Nice. It plays different sounds and then kids or grownups can guess how they were made. Don't you think that would be fun to play like at breakfast or after school when kids need to wind down a little? Oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Listeners, start the musical journey early and go to kids.carnegiehall.org to check out fun, child-friendly games and quizzes. Again, that's kids.carnegiehall.org. Okay, so we talked a little bit about how we've all ended up engaging with music. Obviously, even even though we didn't have Pearl Jam, but instead um, Shirley Jones and Julie Andrews was our, you know, we're like our stars. Um, we still successfully created an environment where people in our houses love music. Yeah. And I have to, we just have to take some credit for that totally. because I said so. So let's just talk about how we've done that. Like what's our approach been? Um, I would say for me, just like with lots of things in parenting, modeling it, like modeling that I love music and making it available was probably the biggest thing because we've always had instruments around. Uh, we've always, we've had a piano in the house of some sort or like a keyboard of some sort for a really long time, but we've never really been a big family for lessons. And I've like all the kids have dabbled in some way, but I've never really pushed lessons very hard. None of them really play the piano. So that wasn't really a thing. Um, I do think for us, the structure and expectations of there being a musical program at school was really helpful Mm -hmm. because having as many kids as I do and being as sort of not a mean mom as I am, like I can be not the most disciplinarian about that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. It was just nice to have that sort of taken off of my, (laughs) off of my plate and had it not been a school, um, function, I could see something like being involved in, um, like a theater production or something like that, kind of having the same function. And several of my kids also did that sort of thing. But I think that was kind of it for me. Like there wasn't, it was just around. It was like, we were always sort of, you know, swimming in music. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I love that. You know, I had a couple of experiences right before I had kids where I, I guess, learned about or kind of understood the concept that kids are kind of innately musical. I mean, babies are sing-songy and toddlers tap and drum on things. And I, th- I could think of one book and then I think the Music Together classes that I did and that kind of music education taught me that kids just are musical. And I think I just adopted this hope early on that it, as long as I stayed out of their way and didn't mm. kill that innate musicality with things like... um really rigid, like practice your piano skills when you're three and a half years old. We didn't take that approach. Or, you know, there's all these stories about adults who loved to sing when they were younger until somebody told them that they were off tune or couldn't sing. And they'll Mm. never, I remember hearing, maybe my mom told me this, but like there are adults who just don't sing like at all, like not in the shower, not in the car to the radio, because at some point they were sort of, they were embarrassed or they were told that they couldn't. And so I really went in like almost like first do no harm. Like if I can just make it so that my kids identify as musical beings and when they're really little, especially they don't know that they're in tune or not in tune or that this song is cheesy or not cheesy. That all comes later. Right. So I think that was the first thing I tried to do is like operate with this, like, I guess 
assumption and celebration that kids are naturally musical. Um, and I really, I really clung to that. We also sang a lot together when they were small. Like I sang to them at bedtime. We sang mm-hmm. together. That was totally self-serving. I love to sing and I am not a singing performer. So for me, like singing while my kids were in the bath or while I was changing a diaper, like that was fun. I will never forget remembering the lyrics to the Bette Midler song, The Rose. Like I had known the lyrics <laughs> at one point and then I looked them up so that I could sing that as a lullaby at night. And it was, comp- I was like basically a concert for myself. Like the babies didn't care, but we, we just made sure that we were singing um, and that they were singing a lot. Uh, we also, we had like um, small handheld instruments around a lot when they were really little, little tambourines and egg shakers and things like that, that we'd gotten as gifts. Um, and I do think that was really fun when they were tiny. It didn't need to be a quote unquote, like musical instrument. Like we think of as like a guitar or a piano. They were just like little noisemakers, like little percussion things. Um, and then as soon as I could afford it and we had space, we bought a secondhand piano just to, again, just to have around, like you said, um, not yeah. to, not to, demand it be used in a certain way. And then a little later, Brian and I also both took lessons. Brian had never taken piano and he wanted to get some just basics. And I wanted to take voice lessons and we did, neither of us stuck with it for very long. This is probably like five or six years ago. Um, but I hope that we were kind of continuing to model like that adults can continue their music learning too. Yeah. I love what you said about that. Um, the musicality, like inherent to people, to Mm -hmm. children, but you know, children are humans. people and yeah. it, humans. I'm curious if any of your kids, not because you drummed it out of them, but did any of your kids like kind of stop singing? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. think of one kid who is the most self-conscious that you could probably guess um, and isn't outwardly musical like the other two are, which is a bummer um, yeah. because that kid does appreciate music, but I, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to say, um, when I watch videos of my kids when they were really little, Owen was constantly singing like in every single video and it, it's like the cutest. He had a really deep little voice and I have so many videos of him singing like songs from SpongeBob, which is just really funny. Cause it's like the questy crab pizza is the pizza for you and me. And then one day I thought, when was the last time I heard Owen sing? He just doesn't anymore. So I, it's been a long time. He and Reed are so alike in so many yeah. ways, but not that one. Cause Reed is, I mean, full, Reed's a real musical kid. He's yeah. very musical and he still sings and his voice is like mid changing or I don't know, almost all he has a very deep voice. Now he's 13 and a half. Um, and still singing like last night I was folding laundry, full voice singing in the shower. I love, I mean, I love that. I love that about him. So. Yeah. I wonder if maybe there's some shower singing happening, but I'm just not hearing it. Maybe I need to go lurk, lurk outside the shower door. I don't know. That might not go super well. Well, what, so we talked about one kid each, but what is, what does music participation and and let's talk about a little more like the official musical participation in each of our homes you know, things like band and choir and orchestra and music lessons, or even teaching themselves an instrument. Yeah. I have to say before I even answer this, that this was like something I would have thought early in motherhood that I would like pick one path and then it would all look the same for all the kids. Like, okay, they're all going to take piano or they're all, and I'm just looking back and COVID and our move, like definitely switch things up, but also I'm realizing how haphazard it's been. And I think that's okay. Like, I think maybe that gives a newer mom a little bit of encouragement. Like we have dabbled in a lot of things and we've still gotten a lot of 
enjoyment out of more formal musical experiences. Yeah. Well, and 18 years is a long time and for kids to try lots of different things and they won't all necessarily do all the same things. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, when they were tiny, I mentioned um, that we did music together classes and I really loved that. I feel like I got a lot of um, child development and like music and the brain education through those classes early on. And almost like a, it was kind of like a scaffolding around my early thoughts about kids and music. So very grateful for that. That is a national program. They're still around. Their teachers are trained the same across the whole country. So you can move cities and should have the exact same curriculum. It's a great program. And then the older two, my older two kids got in at least a couple of years of piano lessons each before the pandemic. We went to a little piano studio near our house in Orange County. And I, th- I that was a good experience. Maybe not incredible, but good. And Violet had just started um, before the pandemic and before we moved. So she really didn't get that early piano learning. So, oh, well, third child. (laughs) Um, In terms of school, they were all over the map. Luke tried the trumpet and played a little bit of drums in elementary school. Reed learned the electric bass, which was really fun. Um, And Violet did a couple of years of violin. Those are all in elementary school programs. Like you said, so grateful that somebody else um, took. took the job of, um, instrument learning for my kids. Um, and then as they got older outside of school, um, Reed continued on zoom with his original piano teacher, um, and kind of jumped around between piano and guitar and bass with the same teacher, but they would just kind of like switch up what they were working on for several years. Um, and Luke a little bit as well. Now Violet is doing chorus at her elementary school, which is optional. And she's really, really liking it. This might be the first like music thing that Violet has really liked in this way. So I'm excited for her. Um, and Reed and Luke are both in musical theater, which is a program outside of school, but also outside of our home. Um, and then Violet's a little songwriter. She writes lyrics all the time, um, but does not share them at all. But she has books and books and books of song lyrics. Now, I feel like I've seen a song lyric or two of Violet's. You know, I probably like sent you a picture of something a long time ago and yeah. sent it to well, you. She, but she doesn't was, share them now. I was but... maybe not even supposed to. It might have been like, you know, she left it on the counter and I snapped right. a photo. But she's pretty, she holds those things pretty close to the vest. And that's okay. I was that kid. I was constantly yeah. writing song lyrics. And now that I think back, I cringe a little bit, but yep. that's okay. Um, okay, well, I'll share all the the rundown of how it's looked in my family. But I also want to mention like, going way back and thinking about, you know, my oldest was born in 1997 and even things like computer gaming. Um, even then you could have sort of a musical bent to the games that you were participating in. And I just remember this one with a bear that Jacob would sit in my lap and we would play when he was like a toddler. And it was like, I put the shirt on my body. I don't know. It's like stuck in my head. But anyway, there was little easy ways even then to do that. And then later the kids and I all got into playing garage band. Oh, I love that. Actually, no, I take it back. It was rock star. So yes. like garage band and yeah. rock star are slightly different. I think rock star is the only one with the, that you can sing. Okay. But we had like two or three years where we played that all the time. And then we rocked too hard and we broke it. But looking okay. back at that time, like that's some of my favorite memories. Yeah. So Anyway, I think sometimes it can be a little like we're talking about the formal things, but it can also be less formal, like yeah. a kid hiding in their closet, writing song lyrics right. like that no one told them to. And exactly. you didn't sign her up for that. Yeah. It's just that she just wanted to. Yeah. So um, when Jacob was in middle school, he played orchestra in the orchestra. He played violin. I believe he might have also played one year in high school. 
Um, now as an adult, he loves music, like as a consumer of music, but he does not play music. And I don't even think he, I, I kind of feel like he's a little bit of a casual consumer of music. If something's on, he'll listen to it, but I don't get the feeling that he's as into bands as the, the middle three are. Um, Isaac sang a choir in choir at least one year, possibly two. I can't really remember now. And I think he did one year of orchestra and then he dropped out of anything formal. He was also in a production of Godspell once, which was the most awkward thing that I've, he didn't know what to do with his hands. It was really painful to watch. So he decided that performance was not for him. But then when he was like 15, 14, 15, he picked up a guitar and taught himself how to play entirely on his own, like in his bedroom. Um, I would only get to hear it because his bedroom was above mine. That's it. He does still doesn't perform. He will. Like, I think he played with Will's band once or twice, but he just prefers to play with like for himself. He just noodles on the, on the um, guitar for hours. And he's very good actually. Um, but it's interesting that he's the, probably the most like skilled musician right. and does not perform right. and doesn't seem to care. Um, Will, on the other hand, only cares about performance. <laughs> like, Skip the training. He's, yeah, to he's the like spotlight. the loudest shower singer I think I've that exists in our house or in our family. Uh, he did orchestra. He did musical theater in middle school. And then he started a band in his freshman year. He didn't know how to play an instrument. He just wanted to have a band. So he started a band first and then learned, then learned how to play and even lined up gigs. Like they, he and his friends were playing at open mic nights and they even played like a kind of like a county fair. It wasn't the fair, but it was like a little festival, like a little small town festival. Yeah. Um, and they only knew like three songs. They just had to keep playing them over and over. So he was much more of a showman, mm-hmm. but loves music. And he's pretty self-taught. Now, Owen doesn't play anything, has never had any interest in taking any music classes um, or being an orchestra or anything like that. But he's one of the most obsessive music appreciators I know. You know, the Spotify, like um, the Spotify year in review thing? Yes, totally. Yeah. So last year I posted mine because it was a little bit embarrassing because I had liked this one song a lot. And... Um, it was Tyler Childers. And so I had listened to it, I guess, like, like a lot, (laughs) but it was like the only song on there because I just don't actually listen to my own Spotify that much. I tend to hear what the kids are playing. Yeah. They just kind of take over the speakers. So anyway, I just posted it on Instagram with a funny little quip and Owen was horrified by how few hours I had on my Spotify listening. He was like, how can you only have listened to, I don't know. 300 hours of music this year. He's like, I have like 10,000 hours of music oh and it's God. true. Yeah. Um, he's very, he's got a really eclectic taste in music. He listens to a lot of, um, like K-pop and, um, Asian artists that I don't know. And, but he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then Clara did two years of orchestra. She did not play in the orchestra. She played the stand up bass, um, but she didn't do that. Her for the first COVID year whichever year that seventh grade or sixth grade, okay. sixth grade, she didn't play then seventh and eighth grade she did. And then this year she really agonized over whether to join the orchestra or not. And ultimately decided not to, because she wanted to do studio art and it's hard to do both. Um, she could have done both. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids do. I think the performance aspect stressed her out. It was like exciting and invigorating, but also very stressful for her. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really glad she knows how to like, you know, she knows 
how to hold an instrument. She yeah. knows how to read music. I feel like she got what she needed to get out yeah. of it. I also think though that she'd be really happy if she knew how to play, if she kept playing something. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how to encourage that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not easy because when I was in high school, I didn't want to play piano. And now looking back, I kind of wish I'd kept playing piano, yeah. but I also would not have wanted to be the parent breathing right. down my neck to yeah. make me play. Yeah. So sometimes I feel like there's just a gap between what we wish we would have done and yeah. what we did. Yeah. And that's not going away. No. And you can't, you just can't do or experience it all. You just can't. Exactly. So I'm curious if you have found yourself, um, I don't know, coming up against any traps when it comes to encouraging your kids to play music or appreciate music. I will say two things that I have conflated at times appreciating music or having like a musicality with being able to perform music. And those are not the same things. And I think so much of our, um, cultural, (laughs) our current cultural focus is on the performance is like the product and whether our kids are good at it or get first chair or whatever, you know, make it to whatever the festival things are. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually you can be a very musical person and not perform at all. Yeah. <laughs> there are people who make careers out of music who don't play mm-hmm. or who don't play particularly well, or who don't play a lot. So it, to me, that's one little trap, like feeling like being musical is the same as performing music. And I think those are two really different things. And you can be a patron of the arts without necessarily being an ongoing performer or even having much musical ability. Um, So that's one thing. And I'm sure you have thoughts about that too, but I'll also just say that sometimes I'm a little grumpy about the music my kids listen to. And honestly, it's not because of questionable lyrics because half the time they're not in English anyway. And I have no idea what they're saying. Um, and sometimes it like, yes, there are some very questionable lyrics out there, but I feel like some of it just kind of sucks. And like, there's nothing as deflating as being the mom in the room who thinks the kid's music is no good. But I honestly old. just think a lot of it's no good, you know? So <laughs> it's like, there's just a lot, it's, it's just a different sound, which makes me feel like the adults when Elvis yeah. Presley yeah. was making all that racket. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be that way. And I think I'm pretty open-minded, but I would listen to something and think this doesn't sound like music. It sounds like, um, some kind of electronic noise or whatever it is. And some of that I have to say is age as we get older, it is just a fact that we start to like what we're used to and we get, we become less plastic and that's okay. I don't care. Like, I don't feel like I need to keep up on all the latest bands. That is not something I feel attached to, but sometimes I feel like I can be a smidge the the Judgy. opposite of validating yeah. yeah yeah well and then you don't like that about yourself so it's one thing that you have right. the reaction and then you also don't like the reaction even if it's your authentic reaction right um right. that reminds me that <laughs> brian and i still laugh about the fact that we saw billy eilish on saturday night live i mean a really long time ago four years ago and we had never heard of her we didn't know who she was and it was an snl performance and we we both looked at each other and we were like I don't get it. Like, what is she wearing? What is she doing? What is this song? And then like fast forward six months and our oldest child became obsessed with Billie Eilish. We ended up being like 
total Billie Eilish fans as a family. I actually really, really love most of her music. But so in that in that story, it did grow on us. But it started with the unfamiliar of like, what is happening right now? Like, what are my yes. eyes seeing and what are my ears hearing? And then within a year, we were like, you know, all in. And um, so sometimes it can grow on you. Um, I agree. And I think sometimes you have to like sit the exposure out enough. That is the same. I mean, it's the same with anything, like any music I've come to love. It's, I don't, I often usually don't like it on the first listen. I have to give it a chance. I will say there's like, for example, a genre called trap that to me sounds like depressive rap. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I'm ever going to like it. Yeah, And that's okay too. And that's okay. And you can be okay if your kids love it or not. Um, well, I don't know. Speaking of trap, I don't think this is a trap, but more of like a challenge (laughs) or a quandary. And that is for me figuring out how I feel about the actual subject matter. And you mentioned like questionable lyrics. I um, grew up in a pretty progressive home, but my mom was quite protective about the music influences of like the late 80s and early 90s. I'm sure you recall. Tipper probably got in her ear. Yeah. So um, <laughs> and, and otherwise a pretty like, like I said, a pretty progressive household, but there was kind of a moral panic going on. Like MTV was taking off rap and hip hop were kind of Mm -hmm. becoming mainstream. And as a kid, I just remember I like, I didn't understand the concern about listening to lyrics, like musical lyrics about sex, drugs and rock and roll or whatever. And then like, I was just a little goody two shoes, like 11 or 12 year old. To me, it was like the grownups did not understand that. Like I could listen to this music and I was not going to run out and do those things. And so for the most part, I have brought that into my parenting and I have almost no judgment, certainly no rules, no censorship of my kids' musical listening. And I, about 80% of the time I feel good and about that. And 20% of the time I'm like, Ooh, but some of these lyrics, Violet listens to a lot of punk and a lot of the songs she listens to detail experiences involving, I don't know, uh, like mental health issues, illicit drugs, yeah. violence. Like it's, it, it, it is bad. And she writes the lyrics on little piece of paper and tapes them to her wall. And I don't even think she understands them. And so there's like the 80, 20 of 80% of the time. I'm like, look at me being so, so accepting. And then the right? other 20% I'm like, Oh my God. And somebody else might come over or come. And I'm like, what have I done? So that's just, I'm just like owning my, I, you know, um, conflicting feelings, I guess, or like holding multiple feelings at the same time. So I have a memory that I'm going to share. Um, actually I have two funny little stories about this, but one memory is when I was probably 10, I'm just going to say, and, and, uh, Tiffany, the eighties music star, pop star, Mm -hmm. superstar had remade the Beatles song. I think we're alone now. Yeah. Wait, that wasn't, that wasn't Beatles. No. Who's saying that? It I was. Thought it, I only know the Tiffany version, but don't ask me about pop music. I am... It wasn't the Beatles. It was somebody else. She did. She also did remake a Beatles song, but okay. I think we're alone now is probably like Tommy James and the Shondells or something. Anyway, it's some, some 60s song. So she remade it and I was singing it in front of my mom and felt really embarrassed because she heard me singing, not because of the lyrics to okay. the song. And my mom was like, why did you trail off just now? And I was like, I don't know. I just didn't really want to sing anymore. And she said, is it because that song is about sex? And I wanted to die. Die. Like, I just wanted my mom to explode or melt or something disappear. Because until that moment, it never occurred to me that that was what that song was about. Yeah. Like, it just, 
I don't know what I thought it was about, right. but not th- I just didn't think about exactly. it. Exactly. I didn't yeah. think about it at all. I just sang it. So there was that. Um, now fast forward to my forties, I was in a musical, uh, I think actually it was the year I turned 40 called spring awakening. And I played like one of the adult roles. So like the, it's a very, te- there's a, it's a show about teenagers and mm-hmm. it, it is, there's, um, sexual content in it, but the, I played like the adult, like I was the adult female. So the, I had all the, the one female mom, yeah. adult roles, the one it's, and it's, it's set up that way on purpose. Like mm-hmm. They're interchangeable people, right? Because they're all just the adults in these kids' lives. Got it, got it. And so I didn't pay that close of attention to the teenagers' music. I just liked it. It was mm-hmm. a really good show. Like the music's really good, but I didn't pay very, I never had to sing it. So I didn't pay very close attention to it. And the other day, I just thought of it and put it on and was listening to this. I just listened to it in the background and I hadn't thought of it in years and went to bed that night and woke up at 3 a.m. and was like, Oh my gosh. Because we had played that soundtrack in my house on repeat when I was in that show, my kids all came and saw it. And I was like, that whole song is about self-pleasure. Like, Mm -hmm. and like really quite graphic lyrics that I don't know how I didn't get, like, I didn't pick up on it and then woke up in the middle of the night. And then the lyrics were just stuck in my head. And I was like, and that line, and that line, and that line. So anyway, I think sometimes there are some of us who are just a little oblivious, and whether that, we're well, 10 or I, I think it's 40. A good reminder that I, I still stand by the fact that you can um, love and be just totally into a musical genre or a song with lyrics that you don't literally um, want to embody in your behavior and your life. I just yeah. I felt that way when I was 11 and kind of didn't understand the adult judgment I was feeling about different musical artists. And I think I still stand by that, but well, sometimes songs are just fun. Sometimes a song is just a song fun to sing, you know, and we all have a side of us. That's a little more naughty than we, it like part of the great thing about music is that it allows us to put on just for that length of that one song. It allows us to put on another persona or like it's an expression, right? So you can feel a little naughty because you're singing black velvet. Remember that song that every mom, Uh every 40 year old mom Uh had to sing Uh along with on the radio. Anyway, you can feel a little naughty or whatever while you're singing that song. And then you just move on with your life. It's not like you're going to go do those things. Right. Yeah. Megan, we're entering one of the busiest times for families, and our listeners know we're big fans of anything that makes life just a little bit easier on moms. Our sponsor, Carnegie Hall Kids, is ready to help lighten the load of music education with their website, kids.carnegiehall.org. Yeah, Sarah, I love this. Carnegie Hall Kids is a free website for children ages 5 to 12 where they can learn about music through fun games and quizzes. Carnegie Hall Kids ignites your kids' imagination with activities that both encourage musical curiosity and develop knowledge of musical concepts. What a great way to expose kids to a whole world of music without ever having to leave the house. Carnegie Hall is famous not just for all of the incredible artists who have performed there over the last 130 plus years, but also for the way it elevates music and culture. And now Carnegie Hall Kids is making all that beautiful music and history available to a whole new generation of children from across the world. Yeah, I saw that they even have a musical explorers around the world map, which teaches kids different musical traditions like Vietnamese folk, 
cumbia from Colombia, bluegrass and jazz from the U.S., and a lot of other ones, too. It's so cool that kids can learn more about their own family's musical heritage, as well as explore traditions they may never have heard of. Listeners, start the musical journey early and go to kids.carnegiehall.org to check out fun, child-friendly games and quizzes. Again, that's kids.carnegiehall.org. Okay, well, that was really fun. Um, And let's keep it going. So I'm curious, Sarah, what are some fun ways music has played a part in your family culture, plays a part in your family culture now, like beyond all the lessons and the orchestras or the bands or, you know, whatever. What does it just look like to be in your house being musical with your kids? I love this question because I tried to pick out a few things that maybe are unique to our family or that like really stick out. Cause like you said, so much of music is just having it on and just appreciating it together. So, um, uh, a couple of years ago, Reed and I learned and practiced and played a piano duet together, um, during the Christmas season. And it was so much fun. There were times, so he was enrolled in lessons at the time. And I, like I said, I can read, uh, beginner slash early intermediate piano sheet music poorly. Like that's my level is like advanced beginner, but I can do it. And so we had a book of duets and we just like practiced it the whole season. And by the end, we were literally like performing our piano duet for the rest of the family on Christmas Eve. And it was just a total dream. I loved it Mm. so much. I would do that again in a heartbeat. Um, All my kids and I love singing in rounds. It's such a, like a simple pleasure. And so anytime there, Violet just learned a Halloween song um, this season at school that her music class at school was singing in a round and my older kids knew it too. And so anytime we discover a simple round or we remember a song that works well in a round, we will kind of challenge each other in the kitchen and be like, okay, ready? Like you're going to do this part. And like, it just, I, I love that. Um, Another thing about, my family is we we talk we tell a lot of stories about the significance of different songs and albums and maybe everybody does this but I feel like it's very common in our house to like pause a song or pause an album and Brian and I Brian or I launch into some story about like oh this was you know I remember this song from when I was a kid or this song was so big when I was in junior high or you know, if a song reminds us of an old boyfriend or like a relative who's passed away, we just, we tell that story. And, um, it even goes back. Like I will, my kids know songs that were part of like my parents' generation because they ended up on a playlist and we'll tell a story about them. So, um, yeah, I love that. And, and then finally, I think Brian and I have both kind of found our, like our musical domains with the kids where, he's more likely to introduce them to a band or to like help them lean into a band or an artist that they love. Um, And I'm more likely to take them to see a musical or to like, um, (laughs) I don't know, teach them some little thing that's more like technical or theory based. So I think that's been fun too, to see both of us love to appreciate music with them, but in very different ways. I think it'll be really fun for you to see how that shifts as your kids get older and start taking the lead. Yeah. In one or both of those areas. That's been my experience. Like I think in our house, it was very similar where, um, you know, their dad would introduce them to new bands or new albums or whatever. And I would be the one who was like, take them to shows or sign them up for things. Yeah, (laughs) It was like mom, the signer upper, but it's really shifted to where now they're just as likely to introduce me to something new or even to, um, suggest we go see a show or like to ask, like, to put that kind of on my radar. Yeah. So that's been really fun. And I love the thing about singing in rounds. Wow. 
It's so I want to start doing we that with do my it. Kids. I know everyone. Yeah. Every, it's just, it's really good for your brain. Like it's a little challenging. Yeah. yeah it's really fun. Hmm. Um, you know, for us, it's a lot of, um, listening to music together and like people jumping in and having their opinions about, um, about like what song should come up next. Almost like we're in real time making a playlist. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that kind of thing happening where I love that there's music playing and someone has to jump on the next song and someone has to line up the next song. Like you, it's like, we're, it's like a game where we're like building mm-hmm. on whatever the person before you chose. And it's not purposeful. Like we didn't, it's not actually a game. It's just kind of how it plays out. There's a lot of that. We go to productions together. Although I will say we have not uh, been to see much theater together since before the pandemic, mm-hmm. right before COVID Will and I went and saw Hamilton. And I think that is the last musical theater production we went and saw Clara and I still go to the Nutcracker every year which is a musical you know you it's, need, a, it's time for it's you to get back but out there it really I blame is your and, wedding yeah. and your whirlwind courtship with someone maybe who doesn't go to musicals with you as much yeah. Does, will Eric go to musicals with you I'm sure he would yeah yeah I'm sure he would but I don't need him to if no, he doesn't want to that's I, fine I'll just grab a kid to musicals no. without my husband all I just day. don't think he would I feel like for him unless it was like there was a really good reason. It probably wouldn't be how he'd want to spend that, yeah. that kind of money, you know? Totally. Um, but I can grab a kid any old time and they'd all be happy to go. And um, so that has not restarted up again, but it also doesn't have to be a touring Broadway show either. It could be like we could, the local theater is yeah. back in, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's happening again. Um, we do a lot of like when we're in the car together, if it's a short trip, uh, the kids usually choose the music and I try not to be grumpy about it. <laughs> but if we're on a longer trip and we've done quite a few of those in the last several years, the the rule kind of is or the understanding is that I will let one of the kids choose the music, but it has to be sing along songs for the whole family. It cannot be their weird. Right. Like, yes. I, yes. I can't. I exactly it can't be some obscure mean. thing. Yeah. I have no idea what that. It has to be like a, a crowd pleaser. Yeah. And so that can be really fun it turns into road trip karaoke or soundtrack, you know, musical soundtrack. If Will and I are going to be in a car together for more than a few hours, we definitely are going to queue up one of our favorite shows and sing it through from beginning to end. Sometimes we'll just do that just when we're like doing the dishes. We'll just do that. So that's really fun too. Well, speaking of uh, karaoke with your kids, I witnessed you and Will singing together just a couple of weeks (laughs) ago. Do you? You I don't think we have talked about this since. In other words, like no. I was there, it happened, but I don't think we've, you um, and I have not no. discussed this. So <laughs> Eric and I had our, it wasn't a reception. We had a party because we got married and we wanted to get people together. We purposely did not call it a reception. It didn't have really many reception like elements, which was fine by us, but, um, we did have karaoke and I wasn't really sure how that would go over. Like I wasn't sure people would care or want to do it, but it turned out actually we never even gave any toasts because the karaoke, I completely forgot because the karaoke machine was just going was for featured. Event. It was the feature. And a lot of that was the kids. Yeah. The kids kind of took it over, including, so Eric's young um, nephew sang like three or four songs and he was great, but also all of the kids, like all the boy cousins and brothers got up together and sang and, um, and then all the cousins, like all of them got up and sang. And then, uh, Will and I also sang and did you sing? We, so <laughs> we sang summer Lovin' from Greece. Now here's the thing. It was Will's idea. 
And I was like, are you sure? Is this song like appropriate or is it weird for a mom and a son to sing it? And he's like, it'll be fine. I'll change the lyrics if it, if it's going to be weird. Here's the thing. It was weird, but it was really fun. It was fun. And everyone, you guys knew it was weird and everyone knew it was weird and it was really adorable. And I just loved it. It was a great moment. So he, he jokingly said, remember that episode of Arrested Development when, um, when the, it, I guess it's maybe if you haven't watched it, this won't make any sense to you, but it's like an uncle and his niece sing um, afternoon delight. Cause they don't know what it's about. Oh, and then okay. they figure it out like halfway through. So he joked about that. And I was like, well, don't pick anything like that. And then what he picked was not that bad, but no. it was, it was great. but it was still, and he was adorable. He's adorable. It was really fun. And now we have some fun videos of that too. Um, okay, Sarah. Well, what hopes do you have? for your family's musical future. I mean, we both have big kids now and it might seem like it's over. <laughs> you know, we've done what we can, but actually I feel like being musical together is something we get to enjoy like forever yeah. with our kids. Um, so while I still kind of harbor a fantasy about us all, you know, getting in that Partridge family bus, um, probably it's not going to look that way, but I do think it will look like us continuing to appreciate music together. I think all of our family get togethers are always going to be music heavy. Um, I think now that we have a karaoke machine, I could see us having like regular parties where yeah. people just come over and sing in our house. Uh, someone's always singing. Someone's always wanting to play something. Someone's we're always texting each other. We have a group text and someone's always sending a link to a YouTube um, video or something. And I, I love that. And I just see that. I just see that being more and more and more probably less, probably less of a, a focus on performance and more of a focus on us appreciating yeah. together. Yeah. I yeah. love it. Um, well, I, I mean, my, my real answer is like you said, more of the same, like more of what we're already starting to tap into. Um, but I also tried to stretch myself and think of what would be something I could look forward to. That's a little different. And I don't love concerts like traditional like big arena or like big main stage concerts. But I do think especially Violet would love to experience the thrill of a concert and, and the big kids too. They, they have been to a couple, but coming out of COVID, it's been very, very few. So I'd love to find a concert that either the five of us could enjoy together at some point or me and one or two of the kids. Um, I'm really good about doing that with musicals, going to see shows, but not like traditional pop or rock or whatever musical artist concerts. And I'd like to, I'd like to do that. We have a great outdoor venue here in town and, um, great, great acts come through Santa Barbara. So I don't really, and LA is two hours away. So I don't really have a good excuse except that I'm more likely to go back to theater every time. And yeah. I think it would be fun to do a concert together. I don't love big arenas, um, concerts either. And I haven't, I don't know that I ever have. Honestly, I went to my first one at like 19 and I remember thinking, it was Dave Matthews band. And I remember my ears hurt yeah. and I felt like I wanted to sit down. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like really, Oh no, it was Hootie and the Blowfish. And there was a mosh pit oh, at boy. a Hootie and the Blowfish concert. Yeah. And I remember being terrified that I was going to get smashed. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, like it's yeah. not my scene, but you have a lot of options. I yeah, bet especially I where say, you are, yeah. I bet you have tons of options. There's lots. And there's lots that happen in a theater or an outdoor yeah. amphitheater. So when I say, yeah, big arena concert being the one extreme, but there's also like, there's a, continuum there where there could still be a couple thousand people there, but it wouldn't feel quite like that. Um, yeah. And I do think you know, it'd be fun. When I was in my like more concert going days, um, 
So probably 15 years ago, I was really going to a lot of shows for a little bit there in my, like in my earlier thirties. I remember seeing a lot of older parents come in with their teenagers and sometimes they would have those headphones on that like kind of muffle the sound, but they were really into it yeah. and they would leave like halfway through. And I remember thinking like, it's kind of a baller move to just show up at a concert of this young, you know, pop punk band or whatever. Yeah. The tickets weren't super expensive. Stay for half of it and then peace out. I thought that was kind of a great move, actually. I love it. I Wait, did their teenagers doing. stay then after that and the parent would just um, leave or both Sometimes leave? if they okay. were older. Yeah. Sometimes not. Sometimes you could tell it was like, hey, it's a school night. So yeah. you get to go to half of this show and that's yeah. it. I love it. And they were sometimes they were very young teenagers, too. Yeah. So depends a lot on the show. But I, I could see something like that in my future. Okay, so then the same question, but for you specifically. So we talked about our family's musical futures, yeah. but like, what about ours? Well, um, I would like to sit back down at the piano here and there. Um, mm-hmm. It's like not, I get, it's not a driving desire enough. It's like not at the top of the list of leisure pursuits that I'd like, but um, I'm so happy every time I do. And I'm such a beginner that it's really, it's like really challenging and that's kind of fun too. So I would like to play a little more piano in the coming years. Yeah. I have wanted to learn how to play the fiddle since I was 20, probably. And then I went and saw the chicks. I know I was going to made me want to learn how to play the fiddle again. And I keep thinking to myself, when am I going to just pick it up and learn how to play it? Like it's, if not now, then when? Right. I Um, still have, I still have full shoulder mobility. What if that doesn't last that much longer? I don't know. Like it feels silly with all the time I invest in things that aren't that. I'll just say that. That I couldn't squeeze out some time for that. Yeah. It's just that you get in the habit of not doing something. Yeah. Right. Well, and there's no, as we've talked about in any of our episodes about like hobbies and leisure, YouTube and like there's no shortage of ways to um, just like teach yourself the basics of something. Yes. Um, the, our barrier to entry is pretty low compared to it, a yes. generation ago. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just putting that out there on the like, it would be nice to, and maybe at one point, my sister has this rule where if she's still talking about something after certain, I don't know, I don't know what her cutoff is, but she has, she says that if she's still talking about something after a certain length of time, mm-hmm. she's no longer allowed to talk about it. She either has she to, has do, to it do it or, or shut up. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that. So personal policy. it's, you know, it's kind of forced her to like, either like do something, some things or let them go. And maybe they just take up space. Um, the other thing I guess is I would like to get back to some version of my pre pandemic performance life. I mean, I'm not going to, I have no desire right now to be doing musicals all the time. Um, but I would do something. I would do an open mic night maybe, or go out. I don't know something I, I haven't done. You were really... singing at church for a bit, I, right? Yeah. Was that, I still do that the itch? but I do that yeah. like every, you know, every three months or something. Yeah. Um, something a little more than that, maybe yeah. something a little more with a little more rehearsal and a little more, uh, structure around yeah. it. And then I'd like to, like I said before, I'd like to be seeing shows again. So yeah. I'm getting there. Like I'm dabbling. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm figuring out what that's going to look like for me and got out of the habit and can get back in. Well, this has me feeling all kinds of musical um, and really appreciative, actually, that it, it sounds like in both of our families, the kids are going to be OK. Yeah, they're going to turn out musical. Well, we will be back with you, everyone, next Tuesday with an all new episode. And Megan, this was fun. We'll talk to everybody soon. Talk to you soon. 
Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hi everyone, Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hour's show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button, and then scroll all the way to the bottom, and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.